Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. As always, the great one himself, Neil Kulon. Stunned by the introduction. It cut off. I heard the hiss. I wasn't sure if you were still. No, no, or I, I referred I to, to you more about me and how great I am. Yeah. Everything that, uh, that massages my weak and fragile ego as a, uh, an NFL reporter. Yeah, that's, yeah, I can tell with you, that's a huge problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you had an ego, you wouldn't be on the show. <laughs> so, not, not, not into that. <laughs> All right. Um, they have, uh, Brian Flores was here. Uh, so he made the trip here. I thought that was interesting. Um, so just his mere presence being here, what do you think he's looking at? I think um, a lot of different avenues that you could go. I, I think it, it is always smart, especially if you are able, like the Steelers are, uh, to divide your efforts, divide the labor that's in front of you, um, with people who are highly comp- highly accomplished and highly experienced in that very task. Um, it, it, this is one of the things we talked about when they announced that they hired Flores, the, the, what they're capable of mm-hmm. beyond just simple coaching uh, is above and beyond it, what they had before. And that, that's no disrespect to assistant coaches as if they don't know or anything, but Flores would know firsthand exactly what a head coach would want to look for, what a general manager would want to look for, um, because he's been in that exact position. So you really are sending another head coach out into the, the scouting world. Now, it, it, you know, as far as who their targets might be, we'll, we'll never really know right. that. Um, right. But we do know that it, it's somebody of um, acclaim and influence. You know, they're, they're obviously – getting somebody with an eye for talent. And you can't say just because he is a defensive coach now and that's his background, that that's the only thing he's going to look at. He's a head, he didn't he's, do that as a head coach. He's a former head coach, all right? Yeah, for three years. Yeah. In fact, that was the last time he set foot on a college campus. He was a head coach. So uh, he has to be open to everything that's there. I'm sure they have certain people that are looking after certain things, but they're also compiling notes that aren't just used for now. They're going to be used in August in, in camp cuts. They're going to be used during the season in the event of a trade. They're going to be used uh, potentially two, three years down the line when these contracts uh, either get eliminated or um, you know, another trade opportunity comes up. Those notes are very, very important. They, I, I talk with people about this all the time. I think uh, the, the limited perspective of your average fan isn't quite understood at the level that it needs to be because the circles within the NFL are very, very small, mm-hmm. but everybody knows everybody. They're yeah. all fully aware of every player who's draft eligible. They have notes on all of them. And the more information that they can get better prepares them to make decisions later on. It's not just, um, you know, about this draft or about this one player. It's everything that's there. Um, you know, look at it like this too. You go to Penn State's pro day. You talk to Tom Bradley. You have a relationship with Tom Bradley. All of a sudden, he's your defensive backs coach. Right. That that happens. Yep. So it, it, you get a full perspective of that, and that's why I I think anyway, just my opinion. Uh, that's why the Steelers really try to make an effort to get to the the um, 
the the somewhat close in a proximity sense yeah. uh, big schools around them just because they're going to pump out the most talent into the NFL maybe not the headliners but the most guys are are going to be draft eligible there you want to get a sense of who is currently there and you want to be able to talk to coaches and trainers about who they have you know it, it's it's setting up stuff for the future and um, for me I think that uh, using Flores in that kind of a role speaks specifically to uh, a valued strategy uh, for the Steelers as far as Penn State is concerned. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what that is, but, right, yeah. you know, I, I think sending Matt Canada sends a message. You know, the offensive coordinator is there, but his his viewpoint is, is kind of cut in half just based on his experience. Um, Flores has the 360-degree approach, so I, I think there is something to that, uh, whether that's now or in the future, but they're going to have detailed files on every player that's there, and that, that's true of every school. All right, so now let's get to the other part. It seems the Steelers are showing up at a lot of quarterback workouts. Right? They went down to Liberty. They saw Sam Howell down at North Carolina. Uh, is this a group that does end runs to make people think one way, or is there potentially serious interest in what they're seeing out there? Here's the question that I have, and it's, it's certainly fair to bring that up. It was the feature of a, a, a column recently in one of the local newspapers as well. Is, is, is Mike Tomlin doing this to send a message deliberately? Is he trying to mess with people? It, why can't it be both? You know, I, I think yeah. the fact of the matter is they're 20th overall. It's not as if they have a, a whole lot of control over what they can do. I mean, that, that does not mean they can't trade up. But what it means is at pick 20, the, the team picking, in this case, the, the New York Giants picking at, at five and seven don't have as much interest in trading down to pick 20 unless that package is ginormous. Right. And do the Steelers want to give up that much? Probably not. My, my point is that the Steelers are not in a great position to be all that attractive to a team with the valued pick where whether draft Knicks like this or not, these quarterbacks are going to get taken. I don't care what they think about Malik Willis as a long-term starter. That kid has way too high level of tools to suggest he's not going to be highly drafted. He is way too naturally talented. Um, at the same time, he's been playing at Liberty. He's not been playing at Penn State. He's not been playing at, at Georgia. He's been playing at Liberty. Do you honestly compare the coaches at those schools to ones that they're paying at Liberty Liberty's athletic budget is probably like $8 million. Okay. That that's nothing. Georgia's spending like 70 on the football team alone. So the, the level of coaching they're going to get is not going to be good. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense that he's not as developed as, as some other players, but those other players do not have his arm. They do not have his athleticism. They don't have his build. It, it, it it's, those are the things you draft really in a quarterback. Now I understand that the full product you look for more in certain other positions, like your defensive line, for example, you've got to see obviously the high level traits, but some experience with that is good as well. Um, your running backs, you kind of want to see them, you know, go through the mill a little bit for more than just like 12 carries quarterbacks. When they have an arm, they have an arm and that that's really kind of the end of the discussion. So um, it, it, as far as the Steelers are concerned, I think, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to take a look at Malik Willis because you don't know how this is all going to shake out. And, and maybe they are interested in trading their entire draft to get up to five. I, I don't know. Um, it wouldn't seem likely, but I do think at the same time, Tomlin is aware 
of what is being said about his team. He won't admit it, but he keeps detailed notes on mm. uh, what is being reported, what is being talked about as, as far as the Steelers are concerned. I think he gets a bit of a kick out of showing up to these things and you know smiling and doing the things that, that, that Tomlin does um, as somebody who just absolutely loves this process. He, mm. he is just in love with every bit of it. And he's going out and having fun. And he loves being able to put that in somebody's head. I don't think that that's their aim or their focus. Um, I think it's simple due diligence to look at a a, a Sam Howell, a a player that they watched multiple times this year that we know of, um, and a player that came into this season pretty highly regarded. I think he's a player that probably is there in the range where the Steelers are. Makes a lot of sense. Quarterback is a position of need in the near future for him, in my opinion. It's an immediate need. I'm not sure they're going to be able to fill that in, in this draft, but it would make a lot of sense for them to be interested in a player like that. Matt Corral, um, same type of thing. Right. You know, they, they know Kenny Pickett backwards and forwards. They were still there to kind of watch it and you know chat up the program and things like that. So I, I think it does make sense, and I, I don't think that Tomlin would – be upset with the accusation that maybe he's hamming it up a little bit. Maybe he's trying to give people something to think about. I think that's part of, of this process. I think that um, he, he, the bottom line for me is I just think he really enjoys all of it. And if he's messing around, he's doing it because he doesn't really have anything to hide. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious why he's looking at quarterbacks, whether he can do anything about that or not. I don't know, but he, I know he's not there just to look at one pick. And I know he's not there just to look at, uh, one prospect for this year and this year alone. You know, he's going to build up a bit of a database, um, it, it get a get a good sense of who a guy is uh, coming out of college, and then then uh, watch his career as it unfolds. Well, there's another element too. The North Carolina has other players. <laughs> yeah, Liberty does have yep, other players. That too. And the last I checked, this was a seven round draft. I mean, some, I mean, I don't know why that's never brought up, I mean, but they they do have other players to look at. I mean, believe me, the number of players that worked out here, right? I mean, because you know, John Lynch was here, Mike McCarthy was here, Dan Quinn was here, you know, Brian. I mentioned Brian being here. You know, uh, Goody Guns was here from the Packers. Well, now they could be looking at Brandon Smith. They could be looking at Jaquan Brisker. They could be looking at Tariq Castro Fields. You're looking at Jahan Dotson. I don't know. The Patriots—it's a rich tapestry, right? I mean, the Patriots were here, and a former walk-on who earned himself a scholarship, Drew Hartlop, cranked out a four-point-two-two. The Patriots went over and talked to him right away. So, I mean, I'm saying there's more than one guy you're looking at. It's not always just the quarterback. Yep. I mean, while you're there, you better take a look at everybody. I mean, again, it goes down to due diligence. You don't want to be uh, the scout or the evaluator that went to a pro day for a player that gets drafted in the seventh round is an all pro player his second year. Why did you, what were your notes on him? Why did we, why did you not mention that? Um, they, they're going to be very thorough about everybody who's there. There are targets uh, that they're, they're more interested in walking into it, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I use this story a lot and I don't even know if any of this is true. I just remember doing it um, when the Steelers were uh, terrible to start the year in 2013. They, they had that 0 and 4 start. Um, at that point, everything looked bad. And you kind of wonder what, you know, at, at this point, if you want to entertain an audience, you, you've got to probably dive into the draft a little bit, which is rare for, um, for a Steelers based publication, uh, in September. You don't, you don't necessarily do that all that much, but, um, it was noted that uh, Colbert was going down to Clemson versus, I forget who they were even playing 
um, game to scout. And at that point, the, the big name was Sammy Watkins. Y'all knew um, the, the type of prospect he was. Right. And there was some interesting chatter um, going on about the quarterback, uh, Taj Boyd. Taj Boyd. Um, it, I watched that game just to, to get a sense of what they watched. And I'm, I'm not making this up, and I'm totally patting myself on the back, and I apologize for it. But the, the article that I wrote was about Kevin Colbert sat and watched this Martavis Bryant kid that I'd never heard of before. But, my God, he's, he's huge. He runs like a deer. He's got good hands. He's got good stats. I don't know what he did. He obviously did something if he's not on anybody's radar, um, at least at this point. But this kid can play. I mean, he, he's got the natural ability. I'm not sure if he's like an all-around guy like Watkins, Watkins is, but he can play. And they ended up drafting him. So at that point, the thought was they're looking at, at Taj Boy, they're looking at Sammy Watkins, and they're preparing for a team that could be drafting in the top five, for all we know. Um, it ends up that they go 500. I think what uh, they drafted 15, they took Ryan Chazier, but they ended up taking Martavis Bryant in the fourth round. I heard that they wanted him in the third round. Something happened there with that pick and they ended up with three Archer. And I don't think they want us to, to acknowledge that that happened anymore. But the, the point is that they, they are going to see everybody who's out there. And at the pro day, they're going to take a look at the guys that they might've seen when they were at games or guys that, that their scouts recommended. But when they get the high level eye, to validate um, the ability or the presence of, of some of these other guys, they're going to pay attention to that come, yeah. come draft time or come, you know, the, 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 the beginning of free agency uh, for this class, whether they make it through their rookie contracts, maybe they get released or they're available via trade. They, they want to be prepared for that. And you have to stay on top of everybody who's there. And they employ a lot of people to be able to do that. They might not have Brian Flores for, for every single uh, right. school but they'll they'll strategically select where they want to go and the Steelers kind of they, they make that pretty clear what they're going to do I think they missed Ohio State's pro day for the first time it might be the first time uh, Colbert and Tomlin didn't go to that um, they, they stay pretty consistent overall well uh, we had Brett Veach on the show about a little more than a year ago and you know he went down to Texas Tech they were going to you know look at a couple of players and he came back, he said, you can't believe the quarterback. And so he started, I mean, he said, this guy can, you know, and, and that got them on the pathway. And, of course, because it's the Big 12, Brett said, he said, look, I could go to Kansas and watch him play. I could go up to Iowa State and watch him play. Uh, you know, and he's, But that's what they went down to look at other people and went, oh, my goodness, there's my homes, guys. Unbelievable. And look who you found. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, Kevin Colbert said at the 2022 owners meetings that the priority of the Steelers is to add young veteran players. That doesn't appear to be Tyron Matthew. How do you view that situation with him? He is still available right now. We, we saw a report, and I think this makes sense um, for, for what they're trying to do. We saw a report that it, it, this kind of is befitting with the, the young and experienced motif that they're going for. Um, that they would not be interested in Matthew mostly because of cost, because they're saving uh, cash and, and cap space up uh, in preparation for the extension that they're going to offer Minka Fitzpatrick. And I, I would buy that um, in the sense that you, you do want to lock Minka up rather than you know kind of let this dangle in the wind. Uh, the safety market is maybe it didn't quite go up as, as much as you thought that it would. But ironically, Matthew was a big part of that. I think he was 
going to be kind of a fulcrum for safety spending. And you still have Terrell Edmonds on the market. So my thought honestly was the longer this goes, the more it would suggest that it's not just a money thing for Matthew. They're not going to get more money soon. The Steelers aren't anyway. They have no post-June 1 cuts. So their cap space is not changing anytime soon. They have the money that they have. If Matthew was interested in in playing with the Steelers and the Steelers were interested in in signing him, you'd think that they would eventually come to a deal because that's more of of the veteran move. In my opinion, if if Matthew was to join this defense, you're looking at probably one of the best all-around units in the league, and that's before the draft. So I, I would think a deal would come together because it would make sense on both sides um, at a certain price point. But if the Steelers are going to say, we're going to save it for, for Fitzpatrick, what that really kind of means is we're not giving him a, a huge bonus up front um, that would really draw down the cap number um, in this year, which is where they would save uh, versus his, what, $10.6 million, I think it is, on his fifth-year options. So right. if, if they're suggesting that they don't want to spend it because they're going to sign Matthew. I, I would suggest that it, it's probably less likely uh, that Matthew would come back. And they, they do want to focus on Fitzpatrick before uh, he would reach an extend or tag uh, situation, which is you know what ended up happening with T.J. Watt, too. So I, I think there's some recent precedent on the, the big contracts that they have and how they're planning on dealing with those. Um, also, too, you might argue that uh, the next general manager doesn't get say over that decision. They want Minka... Kevin says this is what they want, so you know Rooney's going along with that. They're they're gonna uh, they're gonna do everything they can to lock Mink up now and not have another voice in there to, to offer up a different opinion. In fact, uh, I mean, uh, Kevin Colbert said, "Look, the preference is to have players coming off their first contract or as close to their first contract as can be." Then the Dolphins were thought to be a Tyron Matthew uh, spot, and Chris Greer was very straightforward. He said, "We're not pursuing Tyron Matthew. Good player, I think it would be a good addition for any team in the league, but no, we're not going to pursue him." And the Patriots moments ago just signed Drabil Peppers, so he is uh, uh, right now. He's just sitting in limbo. That safety market, it, it's yeah. it's crazy. It's fickle. Um, let me. I, yeah, that, that's it, weird. I would have said Dolphins or Patriots would be yeah. next up. If, yeah. if uh, you're right on Pepper, I didn't see that. Yeah. that no, it, just, uh, it literally just came across. So that's why you were talking to me at the time. It turned out it just came up on my iPad here. Uh, I've got to ask you. Matthew is asking for for Justin Simmons money. I don't. Ooh, it, it's I no it seems weird why nobody would be interested in them on that. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I, that price goes way down. I yeah. I don't know. I've got to ask you about the overtime rule. Uh, all they're going to do it's just for the playoffs, but each team will get a possession no matter what happens. Your thoughts on that? They're kicking the can down the road. You know, both teams kick a field goal. You're in the same spot you were in. I, I don't see what the difference is. Um, I this this is just me, and believe me, I've gathered that I'm in the minority on it. I don't really think the game needs to be drastically changed uh, to create a scenario that doesn't happen in the regular game. What I mean by that is you're, you're, you're guaranteed the opportunity to have one possession a game and you might fumble that kickoff and never see it again. Um, I don't think you need to change because the game was tied. Let's play a completely different version of this now Uh, to be fair it's, it's a, a problem that's unavoidable in the sense that football is not a good game 
if you don't want to accept a tie as a, as a conclusion. Right. If the, a tie cannot be the result, which obviously can't in the playoffs, and as we saw this season and have a couple times in the past, people freak out if there's a tie in the regular season. <laughs> <I know. laughs> if, if that is the, the hill that you're going to die on, if you will not um, allow a, a scenario in which a tie is going to be easy or possible, in this case in the playoffs, in my opinion is sudden death is the, the easiest and the most like the actual game than anything else they're going to come up with. That doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have flaws, and it doesn't mean that it, it is also an exact replica of the game because I don't think you can play another quarter of football. Right. You know, that, that's just too much. There's a lot that goes into that. There's risk of, of injury. I mean, you saw, I mean, everyone freaking out about how great it was that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are, are scoring touchdowns left and right. It's because neither of those defenses had anything left. Nothing. In that case, yeah, I guess it is it, whoever gets the ball first. But if both defenses are completely and totally gassed, what difference does it make if you're going to give them both the ball? You're going to reach sudden death anyway. Now it's really long. It's drawn out. I, it, that, this is just me. I'm, I'm more of a football purist. I think the defense does have a, an impact on the game. I think that special teams should be a part of the yep. game because you play the rest of the game like it. Yep. I, don't, I don't know why you change that. I also hate shootouts. So if that helps you know, formulate my opinion. You know, I, I would, I would just assume they did sudden death cause I don't have a problem with it. You know, I, I get the way that, th- that they have been doing it is more or less a response into the fact that kickers can hit from 60 without blinking an eye anymore. Right. And when this all started, they couldn't hit from 35 consistently. True. So you don't want to end it on a field goal. And I get that. Um, if, if you can't stop a team scoring a touchdown, I, you know, after 60 plus minutes of play, I don't know what to tell you. You, you didn't earn much though. Um, you lost a coin toss. That's true, but get a stop. You know, win a game on defense. We always win every Tuesday with you. So appreciate you very much as always. <laughs> I appreciate you guys too. Thanks for having me.